Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. crashes in you know it's time to begin and wherever you are whenever you are and however you happen to be listening we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to dlc especially if you are one of our geeks and sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run or whatever you happen to be up to while you listen we're so glad to be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week, Squarespace. Squarespace! Squarespace brings the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games. And there are many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend slash co-host, slash nemesis the guy who is literally on the beach right now mr christian spicer hello christian hello jeff hello everyone and we are currently as of recording this at seven thousand two hundred twenty five dollars raised for saint jude i have never had more fun playing Sekiro than when i am playing it right now um because of all of you and all of the awesome um, that you all have done. Thank you so very much. It's uh, it, it blows me away. Thank you. Blew by, blew by your goal. You're, you're raising money for St. Jude's for fighting children's cancer, and uh, your goal was six grand, right? And you're up at seven? Yep, goal was six grand, which is a double of last year's goal. Blew by that, and there's still time if you want to donate. I got a link on my website, christianspicer.com. All of the money goes directly to St. Jude, and you can help kids beat cancer around the world it's uh, it's a really awesome thing pretty amazing and you're celebrating by uh getting out of town i love it yeah yeah i'm at, at, I'm at the beach a little different headset or i'm on a headset mic so my audio might be a little different but i still have uh let's just say i brought a video game console with me to the beach and mm. it's awesome more on that shortly but let's introduce our guest. Uh, I'm so excited. You know, the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, DLC stands for Dad Life Chronicles because we have the co creator of the Mega Dads blog, John Wall, with us. Hey, John. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. We're excited to chat with you. How are you doing tonight? I'm fantastic. It's, uh, it's, it's a privilege to be invited. Uh, hopefully my children will not stampede into the room and tackle me and ask me to help them set up Minecraft or something like that. <laughs> hopefully I've got a little bit of peace and quiet to talk with you guys. No, that uh, just makes this episode go viral. Like, you know, Steph Curry's kid, news reporter kid, weather person kid, you know, 
uh, video game podcast kid co-ops the mic. Our show takes off, and, and it's, it's the best thing that could happen. Okay, hold on one second. Girls, get down here. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're a little early on this one. We could have done this on uh, Father's Day weekend. It would have been more appropriate. But we're happy to have you. We're, this, uh, we let you have a, a relaxing Father's Day weekend. We'll just celebrate Father's Day a little early with three fathers here. Exactly. Uh, talking, about, talking about video games. So let's start the show the way we always do with Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week, it's the Story of the Week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by either sending us an email at dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by visiting our subreddit. That's 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Uh, cool folks, good good community there. I recommend you checking it out. You can submit stories, talk about anything you like. And John, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Oh my gosh, such pressure. Um, let's see. I think my story of the week is the weird announcement. Uh, not so much a weird announcement, but the announcement of a quirky and weird little device called the Playdate um, announced from game publisher Panic. Uh, they put out games like Firewatch and the upcoming uh, Untitled Goose Game. And their device is a little handheld, not unlike a Game Boy. It's got a D-pad, two buttons, a black and white screen, uh, and a little a hand crank on the side which, to my knowledge, is a first for a handheld game console. Uh, it's coming out in 2020, uh, and it's going to retail for $149. And they're doing uh, their games really interesting. It comes in seasons, and the first season is going to have 12 games that come out once per week. You don't know what they are. You don't know what they're going to be about. Uh, but they've got a, a lineup of great indie developers, uh, the creators of Katamari Damacy and Getting Over It, uh, a whole bunch of great indie devs to to make games for this thing. Uh, and I just think it's a fascinating, weird, uh, creative endeavor that you don't really see a lot. I mean, you see it more in the game space, but not so much in hardware. So I'm very intrigued by this thing. Um and I, I'm curious to hear what you guys think of it. Yeah, this this thing is really out there and different and uh, not the kind of thing you usually see from an indie developer or publisher. Uh, this feels like something maybe Nintendo might put out. Like, hey, look, it's got a weird crank on the side. When I first saw it, I thought, well, th- is this one of those things I can play when we have a power outage? Do I just crank <laughs> my own power? But that's not what the crank is for. It's not to actually power the device. It is to interact with the device. It's a, it's an analog <laughs> crank that will be used by some of the games. Not all of the games. Some of the games. Some of the games will be played exclusively by crank. Other games will be <laughs> have the crank as just part of the experience because there is a D-pad and buttons. Uh, I don't understand the idea of making the crank this permanent thing that's always there it seems like such an odd way to interact with games but i also haven't seen what games are available for it yet so maybe this thing will be uh, you know justify its crank in some way that i don't (laughs) anticipate but yeah it is what a weird 
novel thing. Uh, I, I certainly have high hopes that you're right, that, that these, these developers will surprise all of us and make really interesting, quirky experiences. Yeah. I think one of the first, one of the first games that they, they showed off, uh, was I, I can't remember the exact title of it, but it involved time travel. So you use the crank on A the side. Crankin's of, time travel adventure. Yeah, so you can kind of move move time forward and backwards by turning this crank. Which right. I don't know how good these games are going to be. I don't know if they're going to be you know a little one time and done, but it's just so interesting and so bizarre. Yeah, it's going to have Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, USB-C, a headphone jack, processing and storage specifications that have not yet been confirmed. Uh, it runs a custom operating sy- operating system, and it's really small. <laughs> it, it, it can fit in your pocket quite easily. Take that switch. Uh, it looks like a little, little bit, yeah, a little bit larger than a credit card. Maybe two credit cards stacked on each other, perhaps. Uh, I want it, uh, Christian, what do you make of this thing? So I love the idea of the, you know, you, it just comes kind of, you're going to get games monthly. It's kind of like, you know, a loot crate style thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's a little odd to be buying a console for that. I think the, I, I like the inventiveness. I like the quirkiness. I like all of that stuff. But I just went over to um, opposite of Indian quirky. I went over to Amazon.com. And right now they have the new Nintendo 2DS XL bundled with Mario Kart 7 for the same price as the Playdate. And I think that's the hard part about the Playdate. Like, yeah, but I don't think this thing is trying to compete with anybody. I mean, if you're like, what console should I get? Should I get a, 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 a DS or a Switch or a Playdate? I don't think that's anybody's having that conversation with themselves. So what's the market for this? Just people with 100 video game fans that have $150 to burn? I think it is. I think it's people with $150 to burn that also really like quirky that aren't okay. are de- probably already have all of the other systems or, you know, have such specific hipster <laughs> hipster tastes that this thing is exactly what they're looking for. Sure. Uh, it's hard, right? Because it's like the idea of the quirkiness and you don't know what the games are, I think is fun and exciting and like i've used it too many times already but quirky but also how many times on this show do we say don't pre-order games and here you're buying a console pre-ordering games right <laughs> you don't know but i cannot I, I, i'm sorry uh playdate i cannot sit here and recommend anyone buy this unless you are like a collector uh you have like your unopened virtual boy too you know who <laughs> like, doesn't uh, thing- got- the the uh, the screen is black and white only. I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Yeah, it's not uh, even back. Doesn't have <laughs> doesn't have a backlight. Uh, four hundred by two forty resolution. Uh, it, it it you can't play it at night, obviously, because it doesn't have a backlight. You need, like, you need like a little light, a little clip on, a little book. Yeah, light. old school. I mean, this is like Gen One Kindle, <laughs> and uh, evidently, while during the day, the screen is said to look spectacular at four hundred by two forty. Uh, if this thing was like fifty bucks, I'd still think it was a uh, you know a, a big leap to make. But at one hundred and fifty, it just I don't know. It, it is a novelty for sure, and I hope to be surprised when I see it in person. If I see it in person, but uh, but yeah, what a strange thing! Yeah. What a strange story. I, I think this thing is so goofy and so weird that. Uh, if anybody saw me playing this on the bus, I would I would totally get an atomic wedgie <laughs> and get my butt kicked. 
It feels like somebody really loves fishing games. Like, <laughs> I wish there was a console that just had a fishing controller in it, built in so that every game can have fishing. Like, well, let's put a crank on the side. Right. It'll feel like a fishing pole. I mean, what, what, what uses do you think they could have for that crank? I mean, how many different ways could you use that? Well, we have two already, time travel and fishing. So I'm I mean, sure the time travel is pretty decent idea i gotta yeah. i gotta admit that's a pretty clever idea moving time forward and back with a crank cool can opener Starting simulator 1900s car <laughs> can opener simulator. A can opener. <laughs> i love it well uh it's not out till 2020 because you know the tech required for this thing is <laughs> you can't rush it uh but you can pre-order it in late 2019 149 bucks the play date i i know we're being a little cynical about it it does seem very strange but i'm hoping that this this thing surprises me and and uh makes us all eat our words about how unnecessary it seems <laughs> but i think it's beautiful industrial design like that yellow the picture of the render or whatever it is of the of the yellow console it looks really cool and you know it it, it harkens back to that game boy look but a little cleaner edges and like a rounded thing in the it, it looks very cool it uh, but I do not understand it. And with the limited supply, you know, if this thing does turn out to be a hit, you better you better pre-order one now because they'll be going on eBay for probably six, seven hundred bucks uh, once yeah. the ones are all sold out. Probably not. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> totally. This is going to be a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is your story of the week? So, Jeff, I, I'm, I might need to vamp for a little bit. Do you have the E3 hype train bumper ready to go? Uh, always. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and play that? Thank you. We're getting closer. Yes, and and my story of the week is hopefully it looks like rumored something that is going to be revealed at E3. Uh, It's also very near and dear to my heart right now because I'm all about that from software games now. You know, Um, the rumor, various sources. Um, credible various sources from software's next big game is a collaboration with series serial non-book finisher uh, <laughs> George R. R. Martin of Game of Thrones. He only fame. doesn't finish books because he's working on video games now, I guess. In other TV shows, and he's a very busy man. Yeah. Uh, Project Rune is the working title, or maybe final t- title. It's going to be Unreal Engine Four, Great which is Rune. Not- People might think it might be called Great Rune. Oh, Great Rune. Rune. Sorry, yes, Great Rune. You were correct. Um, Great Rune. Um, Unreal Engine 4, which is not From's uh, standard engine, but the reason for that is it's going to be an open world game where you have character classes, also some From Software-esque stuff of invasions and um, their, their version of multiplayer and stuff like that. But the rumor is, the reason for the E3 hype train, choo-choo, is that it's going to debut at Microsoft's E3 showcase here in just a couple of weeks. And I think if true, and it sounds like it, it is, this is this is big, right? It's the biggest, one of the biggest names in fantasy writing and genre writing, along with one of the hottest um, developers around right now, coming together for a game that's a little bit out of their comfort zone, but looking to you know, blow it up in a really big way. I think this sounds very exciting. Yeah, it, it, it was sort of confirmed when George R. R. Martin blogged about the uh, HBO series finale uh, of Game of Thrones and mentioned that 
he's working on the winds of winter as he has been for seven years now. And uh, one of the things that he's also working on is a collaboration with a giant video game developer. I think he even said Japanese video game. Uh, he made some, some comment that made it seem like yeah, this is from software's thing that everybody was had been... collaborating with some software <laughs> yeah. from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wink. Uh, so it's, it's certainly, he has certainly confirmed that he is working on a video game project. And this rumor had been floating around for several months that from software was doing a George R. R. Martin joint. And so, yeah, putting, putting the pieces together does seem pretty likely that this is, this is the thing. John, are you excited about this particular mashup, this particular uh, collab of uh, George R. R. Martin and From Software? Uh, I am, and I'm not. Uh, the part that gets me excited is I, you know, I'm a fan of the Game of Thrones books and and the show, most of the show. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm very curious to see what he would add uh, to a video game, but I've all, it's a video game with no ending that then other writers end that people don't like. I think that's what he brings. to a video <laughs> how, game. how great would it be if this was an episodic video game? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's finally found a medium where endings usually are terrible anyway. So <laughs> it's like, Oh, I've been meaning to make a video game because nobody cares about the end so much. Or maybe that's why it's open world. There is no ending. You can just keep grinding missions. Right. He never needs yeah. to conclude it, you know? But but I've also never really been able to get into From Software's games because I'm I'm really just a big sissy gamer. And as I get older, I like easy games, you know? I'm, I'm playing like the walking simulators, Firewatch and Edith Finch. And I, I played Sekiro for a couple of days and I just cried and I cried and... I don't know if if it's as punishing as as the games in the past have been. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get into it, but I'm definitely I'm definitely curious to see what what this would look like. Well, an author who is famous for punishing his characters, and a uh -huh. developer that's famous for punishing their players. I guess it's a match made in heaven. This is just going to this is just uh, going to be brutal. Those. It's uh, it sounds interesting. I'm I'm certainly curious. Uh, you know, saying that it's going to debut at Microsoft's press conference, fewer of those this year than normal. So I guess there's 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 fewer places where it could debut. So that makes sense. My, there's no Sony press conference to debut at. I would be surprised if it, it's a Nintendo Direct type <laughs> reveal. So yeah, this feels this feels like it pretty pretty accurate or or at least consistent with the with the facts. Uh, I'm excited for E3. I think there's going to be a, a number of these type of things that we just haven't really heard about yet that are going to, uh, you know, make their make their presence known at E3. And it sounds like this isn't going to be a 2019 game. The rumors are that if this game, Great Rune, does get revealed at E3, it will be in the typical From Software style of just a cinematic trailer first and just can give us a sense of what this game is going to mm -hmm. be before even understanding when it's coming out, what it really is, how it plays, et cetera. Do you think it so, would probably be uh, for the next generation of consoles most likely? I don't know. It depends on how much, you know, if it's debuting at Microsoft's press conference and Microsoft's press conference sounds like it's going to be a heck of a lot about the next generation of the Xbox mm -hmm then maybe the big reveals are all going to be built around what you'll be playing on the next generation of Xbox. So, I mean, that may, may be a pretty good prediction. 
remains to be seen. Hmm. We will be tuning in and we will be covering E3 here at DLC. So you can stick with us and we'll find out uh, together. So exciting. Oh, that leaves my story of the week. Uh, There's a bunch of really good candidates here. Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, PlayStation Productions because that kind of came out of nowhere this week. And while it isn't entirely a video game story, it's crossing over into mixed media and uh, television and, and movie projects. I'm intrigued. Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced PlayStation Productions, which is a new division that's dedicated to bringing Sony properties from the video game arm of Sony, PlayStation, obviously, uh, to big and small screens. And evidently, after they announced that, they further clarified that their first confirmed project is a TV show TV series based on Twisted Metal. Uh, we, of course, know the Uncharted movie is in development with uh, director and friend of the show, Dan Trachtenberg. Um, I'm assuming that there's a lot of other Sony properties that they're working behind the scenes. But the only one we know for sure is a Twisted Metal TV show. <laughs> uh, Sean Layden said that the team has been looking at what Marvel has done, turning comic books into movies. Because everybody's looking at what Marvel's <laughs> doing because they made no a billion dollars in three days. It's uh, true. Um, this is just DLC. I know it's been going for years now, but it's part of the larger DLC podcast to universe. Um, yeah. There's our cinema. The C in, in, in DLC stands for cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> just wait for, uh, you know, another 20 years. It all pays off. So hopefully you've listened to the first episode and remember what yeah. happened. We're a slow burn on universe building. <laughs> but just keep listening. It'll eventually happen. Uh, yeah. So obviously everybody wants to be Marvel because Marvel's making all the money. And so everybody's like, how do we do that? We have all this IP. Marvel had IP. All they had was IP. How did, how did they turn it into a billion dollars in a weekend type movies? And so everybody's trying to do that. That's, that's, that's no big revelation. But uh, the idea that they have actually talked to Kevin Feige, they have been in consultant, they're trying to figure out ways to turn uh, Sony IP into other media. John, first of yes, all, sir. this interesting to you? Second of all, Twisted Metal TV show, are you there for it? What do you <laughs> think it is? Ah, uh, you know, Twisted, I, I enjoy the Twisted Metal games. Um but I don't think at any point did you want, play them and go. I want a TV show out of right. this. I, I, this, I is never, a, this is good quality TV. I, right I never here. thought. You know, I really wish they had time to flesh these characters out over, say, <laughs> twenty three episodes of television. <laughs> What's the crazy clown's backstory? <laughs> I mean, maybe like an hour and a half kind of sci fi original movie. You could maybe pull that off. But I okay. Twisted metal aside, because. That's a weird lead in to start with. Um, I mean, sure. Why not? I mean, they've got a lot of great properties. Uh, I can see why they would want to do this. Uh, You know, it's video games just have such a bad track record. I'm just waiting for something to come out and show, you know, the, the potential of these stories, but also on the, on the flip side, video games are so cinematic and beautiful and immersive with amazing writing and amazing characters. Like how badly do we need to see these in 
on you know our tv screens or in theaters i don't know um i mean i'm thinking of which of their properties i i would like to see uh and you know maybe everybody's golf i guess <laughs> you know something i could put on coming to the golf channel right sun, sunday time. at you know 10 a.m when i'm still in my pjs and and drinking my coffee you know put on put that on uh I don't know. I'm, I'm very curious. I think they've got a lot of great IP. They've got a lot of great stories that they could tell. I just don't know how anxious I am to see these same stories uh, brought to television. Twisted Metal is kind of a riff on Mad Max anyway, isn't it? It's a little bit, a little yeah, bit Mad kinda. Max, a little bit Running Man, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Christian. Twisted Metal TV show. You, you, you excited? What other Sony IP do you want to see made into movies and TV shows? Well, my, backing up, I'm I'm happy that they are talking to Kevin, and, and I hope that they're laying the foundation to do this right. Because few things make me sadder when these things spin up and a bunch of people get jobs or relocate, and then they don't work out, and all those people lose jobs. I mean, Microsoft spun up around the Xbox one, a whole TV studio also. Right. Yeah. And I think you and you and I both know some people now that, um, have looked at that office space, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> right. yeah. it was a, it was a lot of stuff here in LA. Um, and it looks like that halo show is still happening, but that makes me sadder than, um, a, a bad twisted metal TV show or a mediocre twisted metal TV show. Sony kind of dabbled with this before too, right. Where they had TV shows on, um, PlayStation as part of I don't know if this is part of PlayStation Plus or not, but I think Powers, right? Uh, isn't that a Bendis mm, yeah. book? Um, yeah, was like it wasn't great in my opinion, and and they kind of I don't know how who watched it, so I I'm heartened to see that they're maybe taking the long approach on this. Um, I I think I think Sean Layden has a not necessarily in film, but has a track record for you know, laying foundation and kind of doing things the right way. It seems like as an executive, um, Layton, I should say, I think I said Layton, um, that is a, a video game character. <laughs> um, uh, and he's a professor, so he also does things the right way. Um, uh, and then I, I think Twisted Metal is an odd choice personally. I think Twisted Metal Black is, you know, goat tier level video game, uh, or Twisted Metal 2, pick your poison. Um, I, I think the safe choices would be something like Siphon Filter, or maybe even um, a sock boy cartoon show or something like that. But I'm excited to see these IPs keep having their moment. I think Detective Pikachu was incredible. Um, I know you and I disagreed as to the level of quality of the Tomb Raider film, but they're making a sequel of the Tomb Raider reboot. But that's a great step in the right direction. Um, you know, Uncharted and everything we've heard about that. Um, and the trades seems exciting. It seems like they're really putting care into it, right? Like Uncharted's not out already. You know, they didn't rush it out five, ten years ago whenever they announced it. So I'm very optimistic. Um, but Twisted Metal is a little bit of a head scratcher for me personally for to be the one that like, this is the story we want to tell. Sweet Tooth is coming <laughs> to town. Expletive, expletive, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the idea of cool car action combat done live action is fun i'm i'm down for that i think i I like the mad max movie can if it can capture some of that flavor and craftsmanship in in the presentation of the sequences the set pieces then 
Yeah. What if it's the 90s era rated R movie turned cartoon? Like, remember the RoboCop cartoon? And, like, I think there was a Predator cartoon. Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Just, like, adorable cars, <laughs> Twisted Metal. Yeah, Twisted like... Metal! <laughs> well, still, like, kind of mature, but it's like, you know, yeah. it's like G.I. Joe. Like a G.I. Joe version of Twisted Metal or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> How did they make cartoons out of that yeah. stuff when we were growing up? I remember, I remember uh, a Rambo cartoon. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the all the guns missed back in those <laughs> days. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it, I don't know. I, I understand everybody wants to be Marvel, but it's hard. And um, I don't. I the thing about the era of <laughs> video games that seems to be being mined for content here is that all of those things were trying to give you an experience of a movie or a TV show that you knew, but were not purchasing the IP of the actual, you know, like siphon filter is fine, but it's not, it has no real identity. Watch what you say here, sir. It is. I don't know, man. <laughs> Does Twisted Metal really have an identity that's begging to be fleshed out? I, I mean, even Uncharted, I, as much as I love Uncharted, it really is like, hey, we can give you the Indiana Jones video game, people. And yes, it became something more. And I fell in love with Nathan Drake and his coterie of characters. But uh, I, 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 there's part of the problem is that all those games are trying to give you an exp- it's a it's a bit of an Ouroboros, you know, it's a snake eating its own tail. It's the thing that wanted to give you the movie experience to be able to play it now is becoming a movie experience again. And it, you know, I think that's part of the problem with Tomb Raider too. So, I mean, what's next studios making uh, live action versions of their animated movies. Like I don't, and then an animated version of their animated movie. Like I, where are we, go, where are we going yeah. with this? Jeff? Yeah. Speaking of cinematic <laughs> universes. Right. Uh, yeah. I guess, I guess you make a good point. I, I, hey, I'm rooting for this. I hope Sony does it right. Uh, as a fan of their video games, it'd be cool. I Here's the one, you know, if we're saying what games do you want to see as TV shows or movies, I have one. I think it's unique and interesting enough to stand on its own. I think it's, it's lore is worthy of more investigation. I think the visual look and feel of it would be really cool. And that game is infamous. Give me the mm-hmm. infamous TV show uh, or movie. That would be really cool. I don't know if you guys have other ones. Maybe, but. maybe uh, I, I know most people weren't weren't hot on this game, but the Order eighteen eighty six I thought was a really underrated game, uh, which had a really mm, interesting yeah, world and 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 cool characters, and I could I could see that maybe as a TV series. Boy, I think that's an excellent one. I mean, I don't know if it's a, a game that was successful enough to warrant right. that kind of treatment, but yeah, that the world it's a steampunk alternate history cool thing. It's yeah. Dig that. And I think also, Resistance, God of War. Resistance is right up there too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Especially the world they kind of built in three of like the the lone survivor, you know, more lone person kind of fighting through. It, it's a it's a game with a lot of history and character to it that also is like familiar yet different because of an alternate history. I think it could be really cool. Yeah. So I guess there are more there than we think, which even points to going with Twisted Metal as the first one is more perplexing for me, to me, but uh, so be it. So be it. Um, a couple other stories I just want to run by you guys. Um, 
I, I saw here that the World Health Organization classified game addiction as a behavioral disease. Yeah, and, and it's something that has kind of been telegraphed, I guess, for a while. And it's, you know, similar to gambling and, and some of those other types of uh, serious addictions. And what they've done now is is kind of, um, you know, codify it to some extent and, and write out kind of what it is. And it's characterized by a pattern of persistent or recurrent gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, which may be online, blah, 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 impaired control over gaming, increasing um, priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities, which is kind of a hallmark in um, a lot of addiction type things where it's, you know, you can drink a lot, but is it impairing you? Are you not doing your other duties? I'm not saying you should drink it's like fine to drink all the time if you can handle it um but it's that you know when is it disrupting the things you need to be doing otherwise should be doing it becomes a detriment to your life and i i think it's i think it's good for this to you know for people to be aware of this whether it needs to be gaming or not i think kind of digital addiction and the idea of you know the dopamine hits we get from this type of interaction replacing um other things uh, that we need to do in life, I think it's wise for us to try to be on top of and aware of this. So I don't know if this specifically will do it, but I'm hopeful that by having people address the idea of it, it's better than like, you know, depression's not real, you're fine, you know, get out there, whatever kind of attitude um, that would maybe be taken to our digital forms of entertainment. And this classification is scheduled to go in effect not until 2022, so there's still kind of time to study it. But so you can't get addicted to video games until 2022, everybody. You got a few so, years to really get good. Um, uh, but I, I like yeah, it. I, I mean, like I the idea of it. It's it's it's. I think another indication that you can be addicted to anything, right? You know, there's an unhealthy level of engagement with anything. Um, but the fact that World Health Organization actually sees enough cases of this particular thing to codify it is a, is a pretty big deal. Uh, John, I'm curious as a father mm-hmm. and a gamer, uh, you, do you worry at all about uh, a level of unhealthy engagement to video games with your oh, kids? Ab- or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think when I first read this story, you know, kind of my initial, you know, gut reaction was, was to be kind of dismissive of it, you know, Oh, this is nothing. This is, you know, this is unnecessary, but, but the more I thought about it is, you know, like you said, you can be, you can become addicted to anything. And, and especially with technology these days, um, it's really easy to get, to get hooked into these patterns, whether it's video games or, or your smartphone. I mean, I know I'm guilty of, you know, my wife and I'll sit down at the end of the night and we'll say, Hey, let's, let's put on a show. And we put on a TV show and then both of us kind of stare at our phones for the next hour. Um, So I think it's very real. And, you know, I think there are some instances, uh, some stories that I've heard over the years of extreme cases of it, uh, especially overseas. I think in in Korea, there have been stories of people actually dying from playing games for days on end, almost without break. Um, So I, I, I don't think it can be dismissed. And yeah, as as a father of two young kids who are just kind of getting into gaming and technology, my my oldest daughter just got her first cell phone last week, 
And we have to be really careful about setting limits and setting uh, restrictions on how much time they can spend on, on these things. And I, I think it's, I think it's really important to, to pay attention to um, and, and monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, like anything else, moderation, mm-hmm. um, we can all be passionate about our hobby and be excited about it and engage with it passionately, but, uh, it, it's useful. It's useful. It's not, I'm, I appreciate what you guys have said. And I agree that the knee jerk reaction, I think to say, oh, this is overreacting or this is, um, scaring people about video games or, or sort of, you know, it, that, that is not useful. I think approaching this and going, yeah, there can be a problem and it's worth acknowledging that and realizing that it's true. Yeah, I, so, I just, I just think that they got to be careful about not trying to pinpoint it specifically as, you know, to gaming. It's not, it's not unique to gaming. Um, it can happen with right. nearly anything. Um, and, you know, there have been so many stories and so many attempts to, to talk about the evils of gaming and what it can do and twist your kids and turn them into, it, it can be overblown into, you know, blaming gaming and vilifying gaming. Um, but also on the flip side, I think it is uh, something that can be a real issue and a real concern uh, that should be taken seriously. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, let's go, let's start talking about the games that we have been playing healthy or otherwise <laughs> healthily or otherwise. Uh, but first, I want to thank our sponsor, which is Squarespace. Oh my goodness, do I love Squarespace. I've been with Squarespace for like a dozen years now, and jeffcanada.com was built on it. Uh, I recommend it constantly to friends and family who are asking me, because I'm the, I'm the internet guy. I'm the guy that, that makes his living on the internet, and they're always like, how do I make a website? Because everybody eventually needs to make a website, whether to showcase your work or if you want to blog or sell something online. Uh, maybe you've got a, a business of your own and you need to make a have, have that business have an online presence. Then you're going to need a website. And so many people spend an arm and a leg going and having someone make the website for them when they could make it themselves so easily by just using the tools that Squarespace provides. Squarespace, Squarespace by, the, by the way, su- Squarespace, by the way, supplies those tools to you completely free. You don't even have to give them a credit card to start building your website, to test out the tools, to start with a cool template, to start making it your own by just dragging and dropping. What you see is what you get. It's all super easy. You just build your site without spending a dime. And then once you get it the way you want it to be, looking good, working good, uh, you can then use our promo code, save yourself 10%. uh, But also uh, at that point, that's when you, you pay them. And everything that you might need is on is handled for you. You got you got plugins that give you e-commerce functionality if you want to sell something. You never have to update or uh, uh, patch anything. That's all handled in the background. They have analytics uh, that help you grow in real time. They got built-in search engine optimization. So if you want people to find your site, it's all built in. They have fast... Uh, easy 24 seven customer support. That's award-winning. I mean, this is great. It's the best way to build a website. Uh, like I said, I've been using it forever and I recommend it heartily to the people who are closest to me in my life. I have actually had uh, my in-laws build websites with Squarespace. It's great. 
So let us help you. If you want to check out squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me, you can get a free trial. Then when you're ready to launch, you just use the promo code Jeff sent me to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Make it yourself. You can do it. It's so simple. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. And that promo code Jeff sent me is all one word. J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E. John, I'm so glad you're here because you are going to tell us about a game that I have heard a lot of good things about, actually, and I haven't had a chance to play it myself yet. Tell me about A Plague Tale Innocence. Yeah, this is this is a game that I first got interested in uh, after seeing it at E3 last year. And while there have been a lot of great games so far this year, uh, first and foremost, I love a great story and great characters in games. So I've been waiting for something to scratch that itch all year. And Plague Tale Innocence uh, is is fantastic. It comes from Asobo Studios, which is a French developer mostly known for, I think they've made a lot of Pixar, a lot of Disney type games like Cars or, or The Incredibles. So mostly mostly licensed kids stuff. Uh, and this game is definitely not kids stuff. Um, you kind of get the impression that this is a, a passion project of theirs. Um, it's a third person stealth action game that takes place in 14th century France during the plague. Uh, and you play as a young girl, Amicia, who is uh, out hunting with her father and when they return home, the, the Inquisition has attacked and is, is slaughtering everybody. And you have to run away with your brother, Hugo. And the game involves you on the run from the Inquisition, trying to survive, trying to find out uh, why they're after you. Uh, it's got great visuals, uh, some really, considering it's, you know, I guess what we would call this a, a double A game. You know, it doesn't seem like a big budget type of game, but they've really managed to to make this game uh, quite stunning looking. Uh, fantastic storytelling. Um, the combat or the gameplay is, like I said, it's mostly stealth. Uh, there is some uh, combat in the game, but it mostly involves you trying to sneak around your enemies uh, using the environment to your advantage and avoiding conflict. And kind of the one big, I don't want to call it a, a gimmick, but maybe the, the hook of this game are the hordes and swarms of rats that are everywhere and will come bursting out of the ground. There are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of rats on screen at a time, it's completely disgusting. <laughs> um, and you need to avoid them using either light or fire. So you, if you light a torch, you can walk through them. And you kind of use this to your advantage. Say an enemy soldier is approaching you and he's carrying a lantern. 
Amicia has a little slingshot that she can use and fling rocks. And if you fling your rock and shatter his lantern, the light will go out. The rats will attack him, taking him out uh, and also potentially clearing a path for you to get by. Uh, the game's got a lot of real cool, clever uses uh, of this different ways. Kind of each area you go to is almost like a little puzzle room where you have to figure out how to get past the guards, how to get through the rats. Um, so that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, and, and, and it's just a really great story. They do a good job. The voice acting's done well. And just the story of these siblings and the bond that they have and their story of survival uh, was really effective. And I really enjoyed it. It's uh, it was about a 11 or 12 hour game, which is perfect for me. That's what I love now being busy and having kids. And, you know, I'm not looking for a lot of 50, 60 hour games to get into uh, so, so lengthwise, it felt just right for me. And, um, it, it, it almost feels a bit like it, uh, a naughty dog game hmm. just in the presentation and, and just yeah, third person action. Yeah. Uh, really and just like really, game too. yeah. And just the attention to the, to the storytelling, you know, they obviously don't have the same budget. They don't have the same level of polish. Uh, but it seems at least inspired by that kind of style of storytelling. So, so I've been recommending it to anybody that, that has liked those style of games that likes the last of us. Uh, I think they, they would really enjoy this one. Christian, that sounds like you. It sounds a person an awful lot like Christian Spicer. Me? Yeah. This guy? Yeah, it reminded. Uh, having not played it, I did almost uh, pull the trigger a couple times. Um, it, it kind of gave me two two vibes. One was a little bit of Hellblade, which I, I imagine it didn't play the same, but just in terms of like, just anyone can make a gorgeous game now. Again, not trying to mm-hmm. discredit the hard work that this team, I'm sure, did to make this game look beautiful, but it's like, yeah, this this company that kind of made very serviceable licensed games that you know were were good but they weren't ever going to be game of the year style games right and here's this thing that looks from what i've seen the trailers and all of the reviews i've read stunning impactful a story that packs a punch and it's just like and then combine that with what i've seen people making dreams where someone made a x-wing level I saw that. it's like I got to make a video game apparently because anyone can do it and they're amazing. But this game, it a hundred percent looks up my alley. I just knew I was playing Sekiro this week and, and then wouldn't be home this weekend, but it is definitely on my, on my shortlist. And I think it's what 40 bucks or 50 bucks. something like that. Yeah, also, I, I, think. I think it's, I think it's 40. So it's, it's priced pretty reasonably. Um, yeah. Yeah. I really, if, if those are, if those are the kind of games you like real story, uh, heavy games, um, yeah, I can't. I can't recommend this enough. I think it's. It. I think it's definitely a contender for my favorite game of the year so far. Wow, dang, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. And it, and it is sort of got that Last of Us vibe where you're kind of trying to avoid encounters, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, trying to to uh, distract enemies and find ways to get through an environment nece- without necessarily killing everything. Or- yeah, there, there's also a neat little. Uh, uh, 
gimmick that they do where, you know, you're, you're almost constantly with your little brother, Hugo, who is maybe seven years old, seven, eight years old, and you're holding his hand through most of the game, but there are certain points where you have to get into a, a dangerous situation so you can leave him behind. But if you go too far or leave him alone too long, he'll start to panic and he'll start to cry and that will draw the guards to him. So you, you also can't leave him alone for very long. Mm -hmm. So uh, it really kind of creates this, this bond between the two of them where you are constantly looking to protect him. uh, And it's really effective. Again, this game is called a plague tale innocence and uh, John recommends it. Sounds really interesting. Definitely. My seal of approval. (laughs) <laughs> <Spong. laughs> uh, uh, Christian Spicer, what's on your playlist this week? Well, it's been more Sekiro. You can find, uh, you know, almost five hours over on my Twitch, which is just Christian Spicer. Um, I talked about it some last week. I have now beat the air quote first real boss. I know in a lot of from software games, you can kind of do things in different order. But as I was taking this big general dude on a horse on people in chat were like, Oh yeah, this is the first boss. And I was like, yeah, God, I'm like seven hours into the game. General dude, general dude. Uh, I heard he is super hard (laughs) in my head after that fight in my head, the credits rolled. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I beat it. Destroyed general dude. (laughs) The dude is dead. I mean, I don't know how many times I can say it. It's a real good game. All of you listeners, you were right. It's definitely my favorite from software game thus far. The the atmosphere and the environments and set pieces are really cool. The movement is really fast. You feel like this awesome, you know, shinobi ninja warrior. Um and and my my main gripes with the game, uh the auto lock on the camera, I felt like isn't quite as versatile as I want it to be sometimes, where it either keeps me locked on for too long, it doesn't let me break away when I'm clearly trying to retreat, uh, but it keeps me like my camera pointed at someone so I can't see um, environment that I'm trying to climb or hide behind. And then, or the alternative, um, in this boss particularly, I felt like it just unlocked at times, both when he was far away and when he was close. And I died a couple of times because of it. But when you're in the flow and you can get into these Zen states of combat. It is so rewarding to, you know, when I took down this boss, it felt, it felt really great. And Jeff, to your point of games, you like everything in this game feels handcrafted. Again, it was another experience of, I got to this boss and, uh, only because I eavesdropped on this other NPC earlier. Um, you know, I think most people price jumble across this. It's not super hidden, but you don't have to do it. Right. And it's um, he's lamenting the loss of his horse and kind of describes what happened and why it happened. And at no point does it say, remember this for later. But then later, as I'm battling this guy and he's on a horse, it's like, oh, the way this game works, if I can get this element to make this thing to do this thing, I bet this character's horse will react the way this other person says horses react. And, and then by doing that, I need to uh, fight my own video game prejudices of like not just pressing on, going actually back to a different part of the game where it isn't directly related to this, but that's where I need the thing to do this because of that hint that was there. And it all starts coming together, and it's the game that rewards curiosity, paying attention uh, to NPCs and the different things that you encounter along the way, and then also really learning what you as the character can do. So again, 
I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir. Uh, you all are in your cars right now or jogging, nodding your heads, being like, yeah, you idiot. Um, it, uh, I don't know if it'll end the year there, but it is currently on my top five um, faves experiences. I still don't know if I'll ever beat it because everybody in chat was like, wait till you fight. I think it was like Moth Woman or something like that. And they were like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> don't, don't do that to me. I just feel good for taking down Horse Dude. Um, but it's it's exquisite. It, it really is exquisite. I believe you, man. Uh, everybody who plays it seems to really dig it. So uh, I'm glad you've uh, fallen down the rabbit hole of Sekiro. Yeah, all it took was uh, helping save lives. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm happy. I, I could not <laughs> have been That's good happier. motivation. Yes, it's like the best reason to play a game that I really like now. So it's like the absolute win-win of the year. It's 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 very special. It's awesome. It's interesting to me that you keep couching your discussion every time in, I don't think I'm going to finish it. I know I'm not going to finish it. At what point do you anticipate yourself bouncing off of it? Is it when things get so difficult that it requires multiple hours for a boss? Or, I mean, it sounds like you're enjoying it so much right now. Why do you keep expecting to not continue? That's a great question. And I think this is just a um, reality of my life, I think, and, and my character to like a moth to a flame with new games. I think it will be a bunch of new games will come out the back half of the year and I will set Sekiro down long enough that when I then try to come back to it, it will take me too long to get back into it. And then I will just never get around to finishing it. Um, Right now it's kind of my go-to game, but I know that Mario maker two is just around the corner. Like it's not a good character trait. It's not one I'm proud of or one I recommend, (laughs) but it's one I've recognized in myself. So hopefully I'm wrong but I foresee setting the controller down long enough that when I come back a week later, I won't remember all of these little things about like this thing about horses or this thing about red eyes on characters or this, that, and the other. And maybe I'll pull up a wiki or something and, and dive back in. I just, I don't expect that to be the case. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, I'm certainly the last person to uh, <laughs> criticize a uh, what's that shiny object uh, character trait because I I tend to you know I'm news latest best guy. I, yeah, I'm, I keep waiting for you to play Tomb Raider. They've added uh, ray tracing now. You have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I literally have it on two two <laughs> systems. I have it on PC and it's on Game Pass. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got to do that. There's too many things. Too wait, hang on. worth it worth it yeah uh speaking of game pass and speaking of too many games i have to tell you about you don't even uh, need me anymore i can just be pre-recorded jingles and you can just do this like i don't talk about e3 check it check it cheer cheer (laughs) please yeah you're saying everything you say is so canned and predictable anyway that i can just replace you (laughs) um uh, speaking of Game Pass, I uh, he's getting a lot of mentions this week. Already the second time I've brought up friend of the show, Dan Trachtenberg. But Dan uh, sent me a text. I think you too? It was a tweet or a text, something. Yeah, I think it was on Twitter. About, I saw it. Yeah, uh, you guys got to play Descenders, which just joined Game Pass on Xbox uh, One. And I am a, a Game Pass subscriber. And so I thought, why not? Uh, cost me nothing to download it. Give it a shot. Dan has rarely steered me wrong and uh, often uh, suggests games that he knows I will like. And uh, I, I was I was pleased to download it. So Descenders is a procedurally generated downhill bike 
game, uh, sort of an uh, extreme sports, mountain biking, downhill racing slash uh, trick doing game. And maybe Dan suggested it, although I didn't ask him this, maybe he suggested it because I had just talked about how much I wanted a new SSX. And this kind of has some SSX DNA, uh, it, but it's done on a bicycle instead of a uh, snowboard. But it's very similar in the sense that you are trying to get down the mountain very fast. This mountain is made of dirt instead of snow, but similar things. And you'll hit jumps and you'll do sick moves and sweet combos and cool flippity doos. Uh, but all the while trying to maintain momentum and uh, and get you know, get down the mountain quickly at the same time. The, the real differentiator here from SSX is that the, all of the courses are procedurally generated. So you will, it'll build you a mountain. It'll build you a whole campaign's worth of stuff. And then you can just build a different one, build a infinitely different ones because they keep making new ones. And so that's a pretty wild concept. Uh, It, it's an interesting game of physics. It's not quite as uh, difficult or or physics laden as trials, for example. But it, you are, you know, you, it's not easy to land tricks. It's not. It's it doesn't do a lot of things for you. You have to understand the physics. You have to understand momentum. Everything seems to be modeled in a fairly realistic manner, but you're end up doing really cool stuff like double backflips and cool, you know, uh, 180s and 720s, all, all that stuff. Uh, you know, you can tell I'm hip and extreme cause I know all the lingo. Anyway, it's a pretty, pretty cool game. Uh, I dug it. I don't think I liked it as much as SSX. It doesn't have that je ne sais quoi that SSX has that sense of style, that sense of over the top, craziness of you know hitting a jump and then fireworks shooting off underneath you that- it's tricky to rock go rub that's right on time it's tricky, tricky. Oh, i was gonna ask if run dmc was in there anywhere but sadly no but it does have a good soundtrack um so i mean it doesn't completely fill that hole in my heart that's still empty and waiting to be filled by a new ssx announcement someday but i mean i'm i'm sold on the idea that if they do make a new ssx i would like it to be procedurally generated because it's pretty rad um Anyway, Descender is very worth downloading if you're on Game Pass uh, because it costs you nothing. And the other thing that downloading that game made me realize is that, holy smokes, Game Pass is full of gems. Gems that are just $9.99 bucks, uh, $9. a, bu- a month. And you have some of the best experiences of the last two to three years. Yeah, Forza Horizon 4. End of story, period. You're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both of the Tomb Raiders, uh, but a bunch of games that I've brought up on the show as being incredible diamonds in the rough, incredible g- games that a lot of people overlook, unfortunately. Um, For the King is a game that I really in- enjoyed. Operencia, which we talked about a few times, it's already on Game Pass. What an awesome role-playing game you just get with Game Pass. Wargroove is a game that I totally dug. Oh, yeah that I talked about on this show. And then what remains of Edith Finch was, I think my number three game of that year. That's also on game pass right now among a whole bunch of others. Listen, I'm not doing an ad for Microsoft. I don't get anything. (laughs) I'm just, I was just struck by uh, the quality of the games that are available there. If you're not newest, latest, best person, you know, buying everything right as it comes out, 
And let's be honest, you shouldn't be because look at what you can do for 10 bucks a month. You can have this incredible treasure trove of the last few years of games. I, I just couldn't believe it. I, I just hadn't been on in a while and I seeing all the titles in a row like that going, Oh my, I could just download any of this stuff. It was, it was pretty surprising to me. And a lot yeah, of the stuff is, is day and date too. Like definitely, you know, well, all the Microsoft first party stuff is, yeah. Right. But even some of the third part, like Ashton was day and date. I think Operencia was day and date on Game Pass also. Like there's a lot of stuff that comes to this. I think just, and then not day and date, but Just Cause 4 is there. What a great Game yeah. Pass game. It's, uh, it's a heck of a value. It's pretty mind blowing. Well, anyway, yeah, I think, so I think I'm Hellblade not, is on there too. We were talking about that earlier. I'm pretty certain it's on there. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. Um, yeah, so l- listen, I'm not trying to sell anybody on Game Pass, but if you already have it, here's what I am trying to sell you on For the King, Operencia, Wargroove, and What Remains of Edith Finch. If you haven't played any of those, download them. If you have Game Pass, they're free. Play them because you will be blown away. They are excellent, excellent games that too few people know about, I think. And I'm not trying to sell you on Game Pass, but if you go to gamepass.com slash Christian Spicer, you (laughs) You will probably get a URL error. You'll get a 404 or whatever, but... (laughs) All right, uh, let's move on now. Uh, I want to talk some VR because uh, quite a big week in VR, and uh, Christian and I both uh, found out through our wallets. It was Oculus Quest and Oculus Rift S release week this week. And Christian had pre-ordered a quest and uh, talked about it so much <laughs> that I uh, that I ordered <laughs> fun too. Don't put this on me. This no, it's is all your fault, man. It is a hundred percent your fault. Every day, Christian's like, oh, man, only one more day until I get my quest. I think one of the games I'm going to get. I think I'm going to get this game. And, oh, man, it sounds so fun. Did you read the reviews of the quest? I think it's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I texted you at like 10 p.m. one night and got and said, <laughs> I just pre-ordered it on Best Buy. <laughs> I just pre-ordered it. <laughs> Except real life, what happened is every day, Jeff would come in and go like, oh, I'm, I'm going to order one. And I would say, Jeff, don't. I ha- I have one coming. Try mine first. I don't know. I'll, I'm probably going to buy one. Jeff, you really you can you can play mine. See if you like it. I mean, I should probably just buy one. And then that 10 p.m. text of I bought one. Yeah. All I heard every time you said that was uh, when you said Jeff, you don't have to buy one. Is Jeff one 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 buy one? <laughs> okay, that checks out. It was <laughs> so, it was uh, Jeff. I'm calling your wife right now. Don't buy one. I think is what I was trying her. to say. Don't tell her. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, first of all, I'll let you go first, Christian. What are, what are your what are your reactions now that you are a Quest owner? You're on the Quest. What do you think? It is hands down the best VR I've ever played in my life. Hands doesn't down. even have to be hands down. Hands up, hands out, anywhere you want to put your hands, <laughs> except for maybe like right behind your head. Um, <laughs> it is an incredible piece of hardware. Um, I am absolutely blown away by it. Inside out tracking. Uh, and so I am. I'm at I'm at the beach right now. And I know it's like warning, don't take it out in direct sunlight, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't track well in direct sunlight. So I, I didn't, but the house but was you were hip deep in the ocean <laughs> playing <laughs> No, I took it out. I took it out in the evening and there's like lights. So it was like not pitch black. And I was like, let's see if this works. And I painted a huge play area and I was definitely playing Beat Saber outside 
at the beach. Saber on the beach. Oh, that beach sounds saber. amazing. <laughs> and like, I hope I didn't get sand on. I, I, it's it's fine. The things you I were don't recommend. Beach it. saber. I was playing beach saber. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's the. I mean, I think before we even get any farther than that, I, I don't want to cut you off, but the, the the most extraordinary part of this thing, I think, is the um, the way they've managed to compress the time between putting it on and having a functional play space. It yeah, is it, it just so works. slick. It, it works so quickly. So fa- it's all of the things that you even more than me, but both of us to a certain extent have talked about, about VR, about just the hassle. Like uh, I would play more VR games, but I got to pull out the headset and situate it on my head and make sure I'm being tracked. Blah, 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 blah. It, it, goes i wouldn't say it completely solves that but it goes like 90 percent of the way in solving that because you just slip it on your head it says hey i don't recognize this play space you just paint a circle or square or whatever you, i mean you, you are looking at the world through its front-facing camera so it's as if you're looking at a black and white version of the world that that is really in front of you and then you just paint a surface on the floor of the ground that is the safe area to play in. And it goes, okay, cool, let's go. And that's it. And then I don't, I don't want to say better yet because it's not better than that. But then if you, you can have the headset on and if you walk out of that play area, the front facing cameras turn on again. And I like walked out, went and got something to drink and then walked back into the play area. And then I'm back in this virtual world. Like just that it's very gimmicky. Uh, but I had, I had friends do it. Uh, here as well and it's just stunning you like walk out of the hub world of super hot which is like in this like kind of tech future or not future but like retro computer little garage and then i can walk out of that walk over to the kitchen get water and then seamlessly walk back into this world it is it's mind-blowing it, it's next level it's <laughs> i'm not going to do it justice yeah I, and i think that we can't overstate how big of a deal it is to be able to have that headset anywhere you want and just be able to put it on. And within 15 seconds, you're, you're in a game. And that, that is a big deal. Now, are you seeing games at the fidelity that you would with a rift or a rift S no. Uh, but the curated experience is something I think they have really doubled down on with quest. And for, I don't know, two years now I've been going on and on about how, VR is just a display and it's a display that should be supported by more people. It's just a display. And yet quest is not quest is a console. It's not a, just a display. It really is a console. It's a self-contained console and there are games designed for it that are, there's some exclusives to it and there are a lot of games you can't play on it. So it's flying in the face of what we know of VR right now. And that is, I think, problematic in some ways, but also really exciting in other ways to say, hey, here's this system that is 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 a walled garden, yes, but is also, you know, if you go into the store and you get anything there, it's going to work and it's going to work reasonably well and you'll be able to do it anywhere. Better than reasonably well, I would argue. I mean, there might be a few stinker games, but it's it's incredible. So two caveats. One, there is a, a lot of talk about side loading already, like people using it just as a display and running things off of Steam VR in ways that isn't voiding the warranty of, you know, it's not like a hack. It's not a software, not even a soft hack. It's like the Oculus Go supported side loading and people are up and running on Quest already. And I would argue that the games that are in the Quest, uh, the, the Oculus Quest store, I mean, they don't 
basically work, they are, are incredible. Like if you do a one-to-one Robo Recall Rift, Robo Recall Quest, like does it look better running off your PC with a 2080 Ti? Yeah, of, of course it does. But if you just put the Quest on and you're playing Robo Recall anywhere, um, it, and the tracking is so good. I, I haven't played with the Rift S, so I imagine its tracking is is great also. But for me the biggest game changer of this thing is the inside out tracking. For me, I find the PlayStation camera to be finicky in my office where I had my, my old rift getting the lighthouses or, you know, whatever they're called sensor tower set up just right. was always a little bit of a pain here. You put on the headset there, you're up and running. You can throw the controller in the air and catch it. Like it is, I don't recommend doing that because it's expensive, but especially not on the beach, not on the beach. It is, it is stunning. I, I, I don't get the drops that I would get, um, from my two sensor setup on my quest, I mean, on my old Rift. Again, you can kind of game it or cheese it and like, oh, there's no camera here. Let me put my controller there and it's not there anymore. But like, and I know we're kind of going in and out of games we've been playing, but you talked about it too. Like uh, in person, we talked about it being untethered and kind of what it adds to some of these experiences um, where I would painted this huge play space that I wouldn't have otherwise if I were attached to my PC. And like I'm walking around in a way that I never would have, and the way that the security area works and kind of blends me out if it needs to. Like I'm walking around in in Star Wars, confident, confidently, yeah. And, and like I'm super hot VR is John Wick. Like the way I'm moving in that game now. I mean, it's I, I can't recommend people buy it because it is four hundred dollars, not an impulse buy. But my gosh, like this this is it. Like, this is the thing that convinces it's like this and Labo VR. Like these are the best versions of VR. <laughs> yeah. First by Labo, then by this and be like, why did I buy Labo? <laughs> but it's, um, it's so good, Jeffrey. It's so good. You're not wrong. I want to underscore the thing you just said, because I, I think it's safe to say I've had more time in VR than you over the last what? two years or so that, um, that since the, you know, the technology has been commercially available and I, in that time have really settled onto a very specific way of playing these games. And that is I plant my feet and I never move them. I plant my feet and I rotate around and I, 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 uh, I move my arms, I move my head and inside the games, I always have, uh, free movement on usually, uh, and with, uh, with turning set to like 45 degree jumps. That's my, I don't like teleportation anymore. I really want free movement. I don't get nauseated from it, but I do need to, when I turn, you know, left or right, I need to turn with jumps, little, uh, you know, 45 degree leaps. And most games support that. But when I play, I have my feet firmly planted. Anytime I turn, I turn with the sticks on the controller. And that is to prevent myself getting tangled in a cord or or turn too far away from the sensors. I have three sensors for my Rift, uh, but two are in the front, one is in the back. So if I find myself turned all around, sometimes the single back sensor is not giving me the fidelity of the two front sensors. So I have really just locked into this. It's very, still very fun and very immersive, but I lock my feet, I plant them and I rarely move my actual feet. I am doing that kind of movement in game and then just using my upper torso and arms and head to rotate around. Sounds like me dancing at my wedding. 
<laughs> well done. Bravo. Um, but I am, and I'm having a hard time breaking myself of that habit, but it is extraordinary to not have to do that, to just be unshackled from that kind of interaction with the game and to literally be able to turn around and walk and move forward and move back. And if you have a safe enough play space, like you're talking about, be free to see something ahead of you and move forward to it fast or whip around to behind you and not be worried about getting tangled in a cord or have the cord yank your head awkwardly or whatever. It is a a relatively minor thing, but a huge difference. And it's liberating. It is truly liberating. And, and, and like you said, for me, you know, Robo Recall, yes, it's amazing to be able to twist around and shoot robots behind you. Uh, Beat Saber, it's awesome to be able to waggle my arms and not worry about, you know, one of my arms hitting the cord or something. Uh, all of that stuff, very, very cool. The game, the game, I texted you this, Christian, the game that blew my mind was super hot. And as you mentioned, it, you so anybody that hasn't played super hot i hope everybody listening to this has played it in some form or another because even out of pass Pass. (laughs) coming to very soon if it's not right now we need to get sponsored by game pass um we're doing free advertising for them uh the uh the idea of that game it's great even on even 2d it's great first time i played super hot was 2d but uh, the idea of Super Hot is anytime you move, the enemies move. So you have to sort of plan your moves. And effectively, what that turns into is a slow motion choreography of an action sequence. You become Jackie Chan, but in slow motion, because only you only move when the, the enemies only move when you move. So you can sort of plan what's going to happen and see it happening slowly. Well, in VR, that is even taken to another level because you're not just moving when you move a mouse cursor or push buttons. You are literally causing the enemies moving by moving. When your arm moves, the enemies move. When your head moves, the enemies move. Which was great when I played it the first time in VR with my feet planted on the ground in one spot. But now I am running. I am turning. I am dodging bullets with my head and twisting around and grabbing them out of the air and throwing them at the... And these are all things you can do in Super Hot in any version, but because I am now liberated from the worry of tangling myself or causing some sort of problem in my home, I am able to fully experience what you're talking about, Christian, the, the action sequence that I'm living through. And do that game on the quest, I thought my quest was going to be a Beat Saber machine, and it kind of is also, but I am shocked at how much better Super Hot is, even than other VR versions on quest, simply because you can go anywhere. You can move and dip and dive and twist and turn and be that action sequence, be that action hero in real time. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's one of the ones that is unfortunately not cross by. But, you know, I, uh, there's Easter egg levels in it. And I feel like they kind of justify that. And the amount of work they probably, I'm assuming they put into it to make it run. It runs great. It looks great. Um, it's not a visually demanding game per se, but the aesthetic they've stuck with, it's absolutely phenomenal. I feel like it, Beat Saber, 
um, uh, uh, Robo Recall are all three um, Game of the Year contenders. I know they've been out on other platforms, but I really do think that on the quest, it elevates them um, in a way that they're better in every in every regard, in my opinion, played on the quest because of that mobility, the freedom, and the way you're able to play it. And the other thing that I love about the quest, which I believe is also true on the, the Rift S and some other headsets as well, but my first experience with it is the way that they've handled sound by default. So yeah, yes, you can, so right. you can plug in headphones, and there's a jack on both sides of the headset if you have a preference. Um, but it has, I'm going to get, I don't know the technical term, but it's just kind of, it has like speakers, and it's just kind of playing sound. So you don't have anything over your ears, so you can still kind of hear the outside world. It's not as isolating. But the spatial sound that it's able to project, like this 3D sound, it still feels as if, you know, in Robo Recall, a robot is behind me. I can hear it. Uh, and Beat Saber, I can hear the music surrounding me. Even in the little demos, um, you feel it all around you as the whale kind of flies over you. And to have that in a way, again, ease of putting it on, you're just putting on the headset and away you go. And yes, could you plug in your own headphones and have deeper bass and whatever? Yes, of course. But in terms of just a simplified experience of putting this thing on and playing and feeling like you are there, um, it, it is it is unrivaled, in my opinion, about what this thing delivers. I had uh, a friend play it here at the house where I'm staying. Not a gamer. Um, good guy. Athletic guy. Nice guy. Uh, I really like him. Good friend, right? But I put him in VR, and I never. And we ran through um, Invader Immortal. Gosh, we're bouncing all over the place. But there's like a, a lightsaber dojo mode in the game. So picture you're Luke, and you have a helmet on, so you can't see. Except here, it's a helmet because you can't see. And the little droid shooting lasers at you, right? And you're blocking them. And I, I put him in that, and dude, he's just giddy, like all get out, you know, giggling like a preschooler, and like in it, you know, like. In like ducking down, like crouching, arm up. He looks like a Jedi, and I don't tell him anything. You know, I'm not like, you know, it's more fun if you really get into it because you can play games kind of just standing and like, oh, arm up, arm down, arm yeah. up. And he's like, oh my god, it's behind me! Like exclaiming these things as he's in this world, and he takes it off and he just looks at me and he's like, wow, wow, like it, it's it. Try it. I don't know. It's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Is it okay if I play this audio to my wife uh, later so that she lets me buy one? Yes, please. Have her call my wife. She is all about beats. Like I think on maybe a couple episodes ago, someone um, – this isn't a gendered discussion. And please do if we ever have that. Uh, please feel free to call me out. I never want it to be that way. Uh, personal experiences. My wife loves it. She put it on in our living room because I didn't have to drag her into the office to put this thing on. She's like, I don't know. I get, whoa, whoa, where? She's like walking around. I mean, it's, ha- yes, have her call or, or, or tweet at me or my wife and I, and she will buy it for her and you won't get to play it. <laughs> I mean, I, I did have my daughter uh, signed up for a STEM summer program, but while you guys were talking, I just canceled it so that. I could I could afford this. We say good. I mean, now yeah. I feel bad. I was gonna say, have your wife cancel like, <laughs> a, you know, you and your wife cancel a bottle of wine at dinner the next three times or something. Like, don't take it away from your kids, but if you have to, I get it. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna sacrifice. Who you can get your kid a library card and yourself an <laughs> Oculus Quest. Done and done. If she wants to learn about science, she can use Google like everybody else. That's right, like everybody else. Um. 
How much yeah, Fader I, Immortal have you played yet? I won't, I won't spoil the story for Have you played a lot of it? Yeah. It's not long, but the sense of presence long. in that game, like the w- it's so smart, I think, in terms of character introductions and juxtaposing, uh, I'll speak vaguely, different things to you, where it's like this, it's the things we've talked about for years now on this show, but it's the diff, like that game played on a 2D screen, which will be fun and entertaining, but just very different when something comes up on a screen and takes up the front of the screen versus when something comes up to you and looks up or down at you. Yeah. Right. I mean, next to you. It's, it's called Vader immortal. There's no spoiler in saying this week I stood toe to toe with Darth Vader and stared in his eye holes. You know, it is, it's that is not something you can say. I mean, I guess if you go to, some awesome convention where there's an amazing cosplayer of Vader. You may have the situation (laughs) of standing and staring, but this is, he is seven feet tall, standing three inches from my nose, breathing. I can look him up and down, see all the detail on his costume. His cape is billowing and he's staring at me. I had that experience because that's what it's like in VR. You feel like he's the size he is and you're the size you are. It is, uh, extraordinary and yeah i think that i think i mean that the thing they they did so smartly in that is they realize how fun it is in vr to physically manipulate things everything you do is a physical manipulation of something ripping something apart or you know moving bits and bobs here and there really cool um it's got really wonderful performances it's got an interesting story it's 10 bucks it's very short but it's going to be episodic and uh, you, yes, you do some lightsabering, which is great. But more than that, it, it gives you a sense of scale. It, you're inside Star Wars. And I got to say, I did the Void Star Wars experience, which cost me 40 bucks, I think, for 10 minutes. This is every bit as good as that. I mean, other than the fact that I didn't get to physically reach out and touch a pole or feel the heat. You know, they have some extra sensory stuff in the Void. But this, as a storytelling experience, as a living through Star Wars experience fantastic i i really dug it yeah uh i so i think it's safe to say that we both wholeheartedly recommend the oculus rift now the crest quest you mean quest yeah oculus yeah. we both wholeheartedly recommend the htc vive um <laughs> the oculus quest yes thank well, you we got we got an email uh this came to us uh dlc feedback at gmail.com this comes from david norwood he says uh i'm tempted to pick up a quest since the tethering to a pc and lighthouses were the sticking points for me with earlier models but how is the library? How many of Jeff's VR must plays are even available? Is there a hacky way to sideload games that aren't approved by Oculus? Christian already sort of mentioned that. And thank you, David, for the email. Uh, what would you say to David's email here? Uh, I mean, I think the only, in my opinion, the two VR headsets you consider are PlayStation VR or Oculus Quest. I think Oculus Quest has an incredible lineup. Like when I look at buying consoles, aside from like my tech lust, right, it's always are there enough games out now or that I know for sure will be coming out in the next calendar year that justify the purchase? And to me, and it sounds like for David as well, maybe it hasn't played a lot of VR games. The Quest already has it. It has enough. Beat Saber, Super Hot VR, Vader Immortal, Robo Recall, Moss, and then Tilt Brush, um, which if is, is a little case-specific depending on how much art you're going to do. But those, what was that, six or seven things? are all top of the class VR experiences that are all immediately available day one on quest. And I've heard 
um what's the zelda like game um man oh the legend of something or other it's like a yeah it's a new it, it debuted on quest um yeah. i've heard it's great i haven't played it yet because i knew what i wanted to spend my money on when i got this thing but yeah beat saber super hot vader immortal robo recall and moss are absolutely absolutely incredible uh, it's four hundred dollars plus you got to buy the game so i'm not saying it's cheap but absolutely incredible experiences and i think well worth your time and money i would add orbis vr to that orbis vr is a really amazing mmo that was built i think two people are part of the team but it's amazing uh and it is on quest as well uh i would highly recommend people checking that out um very 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 good mmo for you know what it is a simplistic looking but really cool mechanics and uh a cool community as well um it doesn't have lone echo which is huge lone echo i think is is the best vr game ever made still um it doesn't have something like star trek bridge crew uh there are a number of games that i would put in my favorite vr games that it does not have it doesn't have games that are coming uh oculus exclusive games that are coming the the um insomniac game whose name escapes me right now i hope they uh, do an, an unchained version you know like, like i suspect they will something I, I, I mean, like that it's in Ocul- it's, Oculus is funding development of that game and it's in Oculus's best interest to have a quest version. It was just put into development before quest was a thing. So that's why I think it is what it is. But as of right now, there has been no announcement of a quest version of that game. And that's a bummer because that game looks awesome. I played it at GDC and it was freaking awesome. So there are games that are not out for it and that will not come out for it and that it can't handle. Uh, so that is a bit of a bummer. And, and especially with VR being, you know, the best games, there's not hundreds of them. There's dozens of them. You want to be able to play all of them if you're investing 400 bucks. And side loading isn't perfect. So caveat, caveat there as well. Like that, that's, don't think of that depending on your situation. Um, don't think that you can play any game via side loading because it, it might not work well for you. Look into it, but don't consider it uh, a sure thing. Well, the whole point of this device is that it, it is underpowered when compared to a big PC. And so that is why Oculus is trying to restrict the games that are on it because they only want to have experiences that are good for people. So if a game isn't on it and you sideload a game on it, there's probably a reason why that game isn't on it. Well, people and, are streaming to it. They're casting to it. So depending yeah. on your you know internet setup, what you're able to do, the computer is still doing the heavy lifting and you are just using it as a display. But again, <laughs> VR works best when it works well and not when you're dropping frames. So right. be careful. Yeah. Is the power more yeah, comparable I mean, to like a PSVR, would you say? Or, or Well, supposedly it's comparable to a PlayStation 4 Pro, uh, but okay. I don't know if any, there's any confirmation of that. But that's the rumor is that that's basically what you're walking around with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a pretty, pretty solid piece of hardware. I'm very excited in August when I get my index uh to do a real comparison to see just how much better the index looks because they have the screen door effect is still present on the quest uh where i would say on even the vive pro it is not uh, or is much reduced uh they have managed to completely eliminate god rays if you're aware of what god rays are it was something that plagued the first rift uh, anytime there was a stark white on black text or anything like that, it looked like there were rays 
from the sun beaming at your eyeballs. That, um, that is gone. They've solved that problem with Quest, which is nice. And I'd argue uh, the screen door effect on Quest, to my eyes, is better than the original Oculus. I, I don't know about a Rift S, but better than the Rift and better than the PSVR in terms of that screen door effect. It's a marked improvement from those two. Better. I don't know if I'd say better than PSVR. I think PSVR has some weird magic that's going on that I don't seem to notice the, the screen dooring, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty remarkable piece of tech. Just the fact that you can pick it up, put it on, it sees your hands, it sees the world and you, you're ready to go, uh, is, is pretty great. So the, big, the, the one big caveat I will add at the end, um, have I thought about it and am I, am I a little uncomfortable with it, but not enough that I didn't buy it. Uh, it is a Facebook tech that is mapping my house. So be aware of that. Don't, <laughs> you know, go into that eyes wide open. I, and like when I put it back on in my house, it's like, it knows I'm home. It knows my living room from my dining room. Like, it has a camera that's on when I'm playing. Uh, I don't want to, not a conspiracy theory here, but like Google, like this, so I forget what it was, like Google Home. They're like, wait, this has a camera? And they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like be aware of all of that tech stuff when you're bringing it into your home and know it. And Facebook, I think all of them, but Facebook has done some, you know, Who stuff can't that trust Facebook? Come on. It is if you great. can't trust yes. Facebook then what are we even talking <laughs> so, about? Yeah. Uh, it, it was weird when Darth Vader walked up to you and said, I have some fake news I want you to see. <laughs> oh, that's no, Darth told me I could get a pair of Oakley's for 40% off retail. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that is our very enthusiastic discussion of Quest. I'm sure we'll talk more about it as the weeks go on. Convinced me. Uh, but <laughs> Well, John, you, you evidently have been playing some PSVR, right? You said you... Um, have been playing a Fisherman's Tale. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing uh, a little bit. I think I think it came out last year, maybe on other devices and um, PlayStation VR this year. Have you guys talked about this? Have you played this one before? I found it very charming. Yeah, I, I really professed some some real affection for it. I, I think it's a, a lovely game with some clever puzzles. Yeah, yeah, I like. I really like the kind of fairy tale kind of storybook vibe I got uh, from it and just the neat way that it plays with, with perspective, you know, if, if for anyone that maybe doesn't know uh, you're a lighthouse keeper in, in this room and you've got like this model of the room that you've been building of the lighthouse. And when you take off the roof, you see that you are also inside the model and that you are inside a model. So when you look up, you see the roof has been taken off of your roof and it does these really clever things with like, if you take an item from the room and you place it in the model that your giant hand from above, you will place that item into the room you're in, but it'll be supersized. And yeah. So basically the, the idea is that the, the model is a model of the room you're actually standing in yeah. and everything you do to the model happens to the room you're standing in. So right. it's a lot of really clever ideas built around that. Yeah. Really fun puzzle solving. Um, you know, obviously on, on PlayStation VR, the move controllers are not ideal. Um, there are certain moments where, where it dropped or it lost sight of what I was doing. Um, and, and, you know, you're making me jealous uh, with this quest because you know, the wires on the PlayStation VR when I was done playing, uh, I took off my headset and I realized I had strangled my cat to death 
accidentally. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so that's a fisherman's tail. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I, I, I would love to get to try it, you know, uh, on something like the Quest. But I really did like it. I thought it was really charming, um, fun puzzles, uh, neat visual style. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I'm having a blast with that. I'm excited for some of the some of the other PlayStation um, ones that they've got coming out. There's the uh, the one from Blood and Truth comes out, I think, next week. Yeah, yeah, it? that's what I was just trying to think of the name of. That looks. I, I really like the little demo that they had uh, that London Studios had done uh, for the PSVR, kind of when it first came out. Uh, I don't recall the name. It was a real short kind of London Heist. I yeah, think. yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a real kind of neat short vignette, uh, and I'm curious to see what they do with a more fleshed out, uh, full experience. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. But man, I really hope Sony gets on uh, the next iteration of PSVR because inside out tracking needs to happen, needs to happen yeah. because that PlayStation Eye camera is just not up to the task. And uh, as much as I want new controllers, I would even take the same controllers with just better tracking. Right. <laughs> but I would love a new tracking and new controllers PSVR. Uh, let's let's make that happen. Yeah, I- they're they're titles are strong for it. I'm curious to see if they would try to launch a new headset, uh, like at the same time as a PS five or if they would. The rumor is no, they kind of came out and said the, I think the head of R and D, someone that came out this week and they're like, no, don't expect that to come out. Okay. Cause yeah, that would be a quite an expensive, uh, weekend if, if that were the case, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really curious to see how they can improve on it and, and what they do to it. Very cool. Well, it's an exciting time for VR, I think. And uh, we'll be talking about it here on the show. Um, Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for that. But John Wall, thank you so much for being here, sir. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for inviting me. It's as a as a longtime listener of of Totally Rad Show and Weekend Confirmed, it's really an honor to wow. be uh, on a show with you and, and Christian. You were one of our first gamer spotlight features over at Megadad, so I'm really thrilled to finally be able to talk with you. Uh, and just thank you both so much. Oh well, it's our pleasure. That's really nice of you, and you're welcome back anytime. We'll definitely have to do this again. Yeah, and you but get both- a new cat. I want, I want to make sure you have another cat. The cats <laughs> don't know yet, so tomorrow I'm going to run out to the pet store. They, they'll, they'll, oh, okay, they'll, cool. they'll probably be clueless. Get a duplicate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, tell people where they can keep up with you and all your work online. Sure, we are at megadads.org. Is kind of where you can find all of our podcasts and our writing. Uh, otherwise. Uh, at Megadad's blog on Twitter uh, is where you can find that. Or uh, I'm Walnut77 on Twitter if you like your video game conversation with a little bit of uh, left-leaning political rants. <laughs> but if you don't, stick to at Megadad's blog. And our shows Megadad's Live and Megadad's X are on iTunes and all your podcast servers of choice. Very, very cool. Christian Spicer, what about you? Well, there's still time. Uh, my fundraising for St. Jude is going through the end of the month. You can also give to them or any organization um, to help make the world a better place, you know, whenever. But uh, fundraising for St. Jude through the end of the month, you can find a link on my website, which is christianspicer.com. And you can find my second row play, play about five hours of playing 
uh, streaming. I can play throughing. Play, golly, um, <laughs> streaming on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. I hope to find more times to regularly stream. I have enjoyed it this month with the retro stuff and Sekiro. Um, I have some other, you know, time is the problem, but I do enjoy it. So hopefully I can find some more time to get back out there and stream more regularly. And I think streaming a game like Sekiro with the community that was hanging out with me was awesome because uh, it's like having a, a wiki, you know, that you don't need to look up. And they're like, hey, hey, idiot, turn left here. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I did miss that. Um, but you can find those over on my Twitch. And then Twitter's the best way to keep in touch. It is at Spicer, S-P-I-C-E-R. And I'm on Twitter as well, at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. You can always email us here at the show, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, whatever the case may be. And uh, I do a podcast called The Slash Filmcast, all about TV shows and movies. You can find that at slashfilmcast.com. This week we're talking about the Aladdin live action movie, which I saw. Um, and most of all, I want to tell you, about the dungeon run i'm doing a live play dungeons and dragons show and i'm so proud of it i am so proud to be a part of it Uh, episode five came out and it is no exaggeration to say it is one of the most uh i think one of the best things i've ever been a part of episode five of the dungeon run you don't even have to watch any previous episodes just watch that one just watch the second half of that one uh i think we have created something uh, that I am, I am so proud to be a part of. Um, it is an extraordinary group of people, an extraordinary production. We're only five episodes in, and it is already. Uh, I, it made me cry this week. Uh, and if you don't believe me, you can look at some of the YouTube comments we've gotten. Um, people are really loving the show. I hope you give it a shot, even if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons, don't even know how to play Dungeons and Dragons. It doesn't matter. It's storytelling. And it's storytelling that that I'm really proud of. So check it out. And let you me, can find that. Oh, sorry, I was going to add the live is the best way. Having been fortunate enough to be able to watch it live on caffeine, but don't let that stop you from checking out the show. If you're not able to watch it live, find it on YouTube. Listen to the podcast. Like, don't think that you're not. You know, don't not consume it because you can't be there live. Like, seriously, I am behind. Um, halfway through episode four, but find a way to consume the show and you will not be disappointed. It's, it's truly outstanding. Oh, thank you, Christian. That means a lot to me. Uh, and as he said, you can find it on YouTube, the dungeon run or by anywhere you get podcasts where you get this podcast, you can find the dungeon run as an audio podcast. But if you want to be there live, that is really the coolest way because, uh, people in the chat are affecting the game in real time. Uh, it's an awesome group of people watching uh, live Wednesday nights, 6 p.m. Pacific time at caffeine.tv slash the dungeon run. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. John Wall, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? I do. Uh, If you have not yet canceled your HBO subscription, now that Game of Thrones is done, I highly recommend you check out the limited series Chernobyl. Uh, Three episodes, I believe, have aired so far. The fourth one will be on Memorial Day. Uh, It is stunning. It features amazing acting. It is horrific, and it is... It feels like a horror movie. It is so tense. It has you on the edge of your seat. And it's even more thrilling and and terrible knowing 
that it's real, that it's history, that all of these things happened. Uh, I'm, I just, I'm in love with it. I can't wait to see, you know, cause obviously I know of the incident, but I don't know the behind the scenes story of what happened. So I can't wait to see, uh, how it plays out. Great acting, great writing, great, great, everything all around Chernobyl. Uh, you can, you can find it now. Very cool. Yeah. I am. I've heard nothing but stellar things about Chernobyl. I'm just genuinely not sure my heart can take it. It's it's definitely <laughs> a downer. I mean, you, you, you watch these scenes play out and you watch the misery and the horrible things that happen to these people. And yeah, it's, it's stunning to watch, but also um, it, it's, it's wonderful filmmaking. And I think it's kind of important to remember, you know, uh, what can happen through, uh, ignorance of, of, of technology and, and, and the corruption that happened. And, you know, hopefully we can avoid anything like that from ever happening again. Well, luckily we don't have any ignorance or corruption. No, that's, that's unheard of. That that would never happen here. (laughs) (laughs) Christian Spicer, how about you? What's your parting gift? Two. One is as of the day this is releasing, um, I would encourage our listeners to take time to reflect on those who have lost their lives um, fighting for this country or in any war and and assess the sacrifice that they made in the families that mourned them um, and the friends and families. And, And also pull back and look at the world of conflict in which we've lived and continue to live and, and kind of take a moment to reflect on that. But whether, you know, wherever you live um, I imagine there is a war memorial near you and I think it is powerful to go and, and visit and especially on Memorial Day um, and kind of take that in and, and let it be more than just um, bratwurst and beer or whatever else you might be doing. Like that's fun too. take time to relax. But I do think it is important. Um, and wherever you live, you know, on, on that day in your country, um, I think it's important to look at that and, and assess that and appreciate the sacrifice that that people make. Um so I would, I would recommend you do that today on Monday when this comes out. And then a lighter uh, <laughs> parting gift. The movie Booksmart is just exquisite. In my opinion, it is so cool, so stylish, um, so funny, and so smart. And it's um, two high school girls on the eve of graduation, um, you know, checking off one more thing, kind of going to, going to the party, living it up. And the cast is incredible. Um, guest starring roles uh like the kids are the stars but jason sudeikis will forte um lisa kudrow um michael bryan as like the talent of like the under fives <laughs> and the thing that these these um young actors do in this film i absolutely loved it um so if you're kind of just being washed over by the huge blockbusters this summer i'd recommend time to go out to the theater and see book smart it's um i, I really really enjoyed it Cool. Uh, we got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Uh, this comes from Jake Huntley. He says, my parting gift this week is to listen to the new album by The National, I Am Easy to Find. It's a beautiful album from start to finish and so far my personal favorite of the year. The track, Not in Kansas, captures what it is like to live in these terrifying times. The runtime is fairly long, just over an hour, but I love every second of it. Hope you check it out. Thanks, Jake. That is the new album from the national. I am easy to find. And then the the track, not in Kansas. 
My parting gift uh, actually is something I direct you to go check out over at the DLC subreddit, 5 by 5 Oh, excuse me. Uh, um, yeah, 5 by 5 dlcreditcom um, It is a trailer for an as yet unmade animated film or show called Norman's Island. And I'm actually lucky enough to do a, a little voice in it. Actually, if you blink, you might miss me or whatever your ears do to blink. <laughs> uh, hard to pick me out. I have one line in it, uh, but it's delightful. Uh, and I, I hope you check it out. It's, uh, from uh, Nathan Thomas, who basically is making this and trying to get funding to turn it into something bigger. So I'm rooting for him. Um, not only because I hope to be able to do more voice (laughs) for it, but also because I think it's genuinely wonderful. Uh, it looks like a really cool thing, a little kid and a giant robot, it, which is a trope that has worked over and over again and is a trope I genuinely love. Uh, Norman's Island, the official trailer he posted in our subreddit. So check that out. Uh, it's a CG animated trailer and man, it just looks great. It's got charm and and personality galore. So check it out. All right. That'll do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to John Wall and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to the folks uh, in our chat room for hanging out with us in real time. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. And thank you to all of you for downloading the show. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.